Well, good morning, church. Good to see all of you and be here to worship together with you in the room, online. Uh, my name is Helen Kim Nowak, and pastor of Community Life here at the church. Uh, well, I just want to jump into the text today, and we're going to be picking up where Pastor Matt left off two weeks ago, where Jesus is encountering his disciples for the third time after he's been risen from the dead. And, you know, they went out fishing all night, caught nothing. What a miserable, miserable night. I imagine they were just damp and cranky, hangry was a thing, you know? And they come back to shore, and this man's on shore, and he says, did you catch anything, friends? And they're like, no. So, well, why don't you throw your net on the other side? And they do, and they get this amazing catch of 153 fish. And that's when they realize it's the Lord. And so we're picking up as they get to shore that scene of what unfolds as they, after they have breakfast together with Jesus. So let's look at our text today. We're looking at John chapter 21, starting with verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Father, we come to your word this morning. And Lord, we're just grateful to be able to be together online, in person, to worship you, God. Thank you for the gift of your church. Thank you that we can be reminded each week in this gathering that you are the living God. And Lord, as we encountered you in worship, we just want to encounter you in your word today. Lord, we are hungry for you. You know where we are in this moment. And would you meet us with your word today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I have one older sister. We are a family of two siblings, and she is four years older. And my sister has a very particular trait that I will share with permission. <laughs> Texted her last night, I'm like, so, you know, preacher, gotta have some illustrations. You know, sometimes it's family. And she's like, oh, what is it? So my sister has this wonderful, interesting, fascinating trait of declaring things with utter confidence. Like she says things like it's fact, but we find out later that it's not. And she had no idea. She will say things in the car like, oh yeah, this is over there or some random fact about, I don't know, life. And then I Google it and go, no, that's not true, look. And then her response is always very simple. Oh, look at that, you know? <laughs> There's no ownership of, oh yeah, you know, I didn't really know that. Why did I do that? She will say this over and over again. Well, apparently it's not just my sister who does this. The other day, Nick and I, my husband, we were driving along, um, and apparently it's around directions I do this a lot, so don't follow me. Um, but he was like, where is this restaurant? Do you think it's on the right side? And I said, yeah. 
I had a good strong hunch. So I said, yeah, it's on the right. So we turned right and there was no restaurant. So we turned right again. There was still no restaurant. And then we Googled it and said, oh, it's actually on the opposite side. And so apparently I have done this repeatedly, but Nick will always be so fascinating because he'll turn to me afterwards and say, you said that with such confidence. You know, and I was like, I did, didn't I? And I was like, I don't know why, but I just felt so sure that the restaurant would be over there. But have you ever been really confident about something? and proven wrong. We probably all could say that we have. And Peter, you know, so we can identify with Peter because Peter is this emphatic, enthusiastic, exuberant, confident guy who's confident in his love for Jesus. So confident, even though he ended up failing. And that failure is what showed him the limits. Perhaps his love wasn't all that he thought. When we go back to Matthew 26, the scene where Jesus is having the last supper with his disciples, you know, Jesus gives them a prophetic word and said, this very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And Peter, enthusiastic, confident in his love for Jesus, says, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And Jesus answers, the son of God who knows all things, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And in response to this very sobering word, Peter, who is so confident in his love for Jesus, says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And to be fair, and all the other disciples said the same. I feel sorry for Peter sometimes. He gets a bad rap. Like he's constantly picked on us. Like, oh, he's a little bit too much. But all the other disciples said the same thing. And they were so determined Like, yes, Jesus, we love you. But we know how the scene plays out. That Peter is, you know, approached by three different people who say, do you know Jesus? As Jesus is being tried in court. And it's fear and all these surroundings that are happening. And suddenly, out of his mouth comes, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know this man. No, I don't know him. I have nothing to do with him. So easily, three times, a denial comes out of the mouth of the man who said, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. It's situations in life, it's moments that test our love. It's easy, right, to say we love until life proves otherwise. It's really the experience of life that shows the limits of our love. And so... Jesus has this question for Peter, because Peter does love Jesus. He did fail. His love wasn't as great as he thought or infallible as he thought, but he loves Jesus, and Jesus loves Peter. And so after breakfast, they go on a little walk, and Jesus creates space to just be with Jesus, with Peter. Can you imagine how precious that was? Like, they're not getting to see Jesus as much as before, so they're eager any moment that Jesus suddenly appears to just spend time with him before he returns to heaven. And so here is Jesus and Peter alone. How precious. How much Peter must have been looking for this, that he jumped out of that boat to head towards him. So they were walking along, and Jesus asks Peter a question. And I think that's really interesting because the last time they encountered each other, right, the last thing that will be on Peter's mind anyway is his strong denial of Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, oh, let's talk about that time. We're supposed to be best friends. We are, you're my inner circle. Let's talk about this. But he asks Peter a question. 
And questions are such wonderful things. You know, when people talk at you, it's easy to just kind of attend and listen. It's a little bit of a passive engagement. But when you're asked a question, how are you? Do you love me? It prompts us to answer. And we have to articulate a response and it invites our participation. And so Jesus starts off the conversation by inviting Peter's participation. Do you love me? He asks a question. And this question is not just any question. It's a really simple question, but it's at the heart of every relationship. Do you love me? Okay, yeah, I know you did all these wonderful things for me, but do you love me? Is there love behind this? And throughout scripture, I love that our God is not interested in our doing. He's really after our hearts. You know, from the very beginning, we see story after story. David, young, inexperienced. What does he know? He's always with the sheep. His brothers, older brothers are more impressive, experienced, good looking. But God tells the prophet, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Israel is offering sacrifices all throughout scripture time and time again. They're just going through the motions. After a while, it's no longer because they really love God that they're offering these rituals. It's just empty. Just, we're the people of God, so we kill these cows, the sheep, the goats, and here we go. We offer it, and God calls it out every time and says, I don't want your sacrifices and offerings and your empty songs. They sound like noise to me, and I really don't need them. What I want is your heart. Do you love me? Don't say you love me and not love me. Do you love me? Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, right? The call to Israel is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. God is about love. And Jesus continues it in the New Testament saying, a new command I give you, love each other as I have loved you. Love. So the simple question is at the heart of every relationship. Do you love me? Is at the heart of what God cares about with each of us. And he asked us this morning, he asked you, do you love me? How do you know? I think the text today gives us a pointer for three things that we can look for to answer. In this world, do you love me, is not really what's really emphasized or asked much, right? You go to an interview, you're not asked, Sarah, I don't remember any interview I've been on where they sat me down and said, do you love our clients? Do you care? Do you love our business? Do you love whatever? Like they, they're looking for, okay, tell me your skills. Tell me your experiences. What will, what will happen if you join our team? How much greater will we be? What will be the output? Right? And they're looking for activity. The world that we live in emphasizes so much what we do, how much we can get done, and all these appearances of things. And they could really often not care if your heart was behind it, as long as you put out the productivity. But our God is so different. He is not interested in activity that is segmented from our heart. Our being and our doing are meant to be one. And so he comes after what's more important to him, the place where he wants all our doing to come from, which is our hearts, our love. Do you love me? And it's interesting, right? Our Savior, God desires to close that gap. You know, it's really easy in this world to get away because no one's asking, do you love me? 
But God's going to ask you every time as you show up, as you serve, you know, do you love me? Are you doing this because you love me? Right? And in the holidays that we're part of, with our families, our relationships, we can get away with so much going through all the perfunctory rituals and gift giving and doing things for people. But is our heart in it? And Jesus wants to close that gap. So he purposely asked Peter three times because Peter was asked three questions before. Do you know this man? And he said, no. And Jesus is reinstating him by purposely going back to a painful point for Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And it hurt. Like the scripture tells us that Peter was hurt. He knows what Jesus is getting at. But Jesus is getting there on purpose because he wants to meet Peter where he's at. And the fact is that Peter has failed him. And God is not a God of false peace. And with all of us, when we fail our God, he wants to meet us where we're at. Not quickly move on and do great things for God and you know, share about the gospel and you know, do all these kind and generous giving acts, but to go back to that point of failure because that's where we are, and meet us there, and then bring us forward from there. So Peter wants to, Jesus wants to meet Peter in his failure, know that he's seen in that, and then walk with him from that place. So how beautiful is it that Jesus wants to close that gap between doing and being? Don't just do for me, Peter. I want to know, do you love me? And so he asks that three times, and Peter answers, and his answer is so interesting. He says, Every time, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And there's a couple of things in there that point to us when we're trying to see, how do I know that I love Jesus? There's a couple of things, and one is simplicity. Peter is a guy who's like always showing off, right? He's like, they are all weak sauce, but I will always be there for you. They may all fall away, but I never will, even to death. Right? He's always comparing, going, I'm better. But here... We don't see that. Even when Jesus, his first question, Jesus is so interesting too. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these, these other disciples, which is what Peter said before. And Peter doesn't say, you know I love you more than these. He says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Simple, yes. There's such simplicity. And it's a good sign of growth in love when we don't have to excuse like yes lord but you know i've been really busy lately yes lord but you know i have all this other stuff yes lord but right now is not a good time right just a simple yes and the other thing we see in peter is humility each time saying yes lord you know that i love you he entrusts himself to the love of jesus that jesus knows because he could have said when he was hurt the third time, right? When, we, when someone brings up something we've done or when someone brings up something I've done, it's a wounding point. So it's like, why are you bringing that up again? Do we really have to talk about this? And I want to move quickly on. But, you know, notice that Peter's not defensive. He could have been like, Lord, I thought you were a loving God. Why are you bringing up what I did wrong? But Peter simply says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You know what you know, and I do love you. And he commits to Jesus. And that shows maturity. Our offendability shows our level of maturity. 
the more offended we easily get, the less we are loving. And as we grow in being able to receive feedback, hard words, admit where we are wrong, it's such a sign of love. And so we see that Peter has really grown. And after he answers Jesus, only after is when Jesus gives him a charge and he says, feed my sheep. In our world, there's such a focus on doing. Do for, do this, do that, show, your resume, all those things really matter. But with Jesus, what always comes first, he would rather have your love before you do. He really cares about your heart. But that love is not absent from doing. We don't love God in just a feeling kind of way that just feels really good. We love by doing. But the love is what informs our doing. And even as we do, because we're doing it because of love, we get formed in that love. So for instance, you know, I'm a fairly new step-parent, maybe a couple years now. Man, all you parents out there, kudos to you, because <laughs> I'm new to this, but I am being stretched in my love. I thought I was really good at hospitality, loving the stranger. And I was initially, but as months have gone by, and more requests for things keep coming, and things don't get cleaned up according to agreement and whatnot, like, it's just like, wow, how do I keep my heart open? You know, day after day after day. You know, love is not an easy thing, but love is what is meant to inform our doing. It would be really sad if I just showed up as a parent to do parent things, and sometimes I do, honestly, and my heart's not in it. You know, and I think about that sometimes and go, oh, how can I do this and really mean it? How can I do this and really care about them? You know, but that's what Jesus calls us to is love and then into doing. And he says, feed my sheep. At the third time that Jesus says, feed my sheep, he gives some really new information that is probably really also hard to hear. He says, very truly, I tell you, Peter, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. You will stretch out your hands and Jesus is letting him know that because you're gonna follow me, because you love me, you are headed towards an end that will involve a crucifixion. And by the time that this gospel is written, Peter has indeed died on a cross because he loves Jesus, because he followed and built the church. And he was very public about his faith. So costly, but this is how it says that Peter would glorify God. When the sacrifice given, the cost paid, is out of that love for God, it glorifies God. It's not just some random act of suffering. It brings glory to God, and how beautiful is that? But this is also for us. Jesus asks us, do you love me? And as we answer, he also calls us to a doing, feed my sheep, love others. We hear again and again throughout the Gospel of John that Jesus' command to us is to love, to love one another. And so we're called to this love. And it's not just Peter that pays a cost. All around the world today, you know, there are countries, quite a number, where it's painful and people are paying a price to, to know Jesus and to share about Jesus. They're literally giving their lives, like Peter, 
to share and know Jesus. But here in America, it's really easy to wear shirts with Jesus, crosses, post things in social media, and there's no cost to it. And it can be really easy to sit in the love without the costly following and to receive a cheap kind of grace and a cheap love and think that that's good enough. But we are all actually invited into this costly following of Jesus. Because if anyone loves Jesus, our heart is where he wants us to be, which is a new command I have for you, love one another. And we know that love, loving people, is costly. So how do you know you love Jesus? Simplicity in the yes, humility growing, and that following of Jesus. Is it costing you? It costs Peter. Peter loved Jesus and he paid the cost. Will you? Who is he calling? Who is Jesus calling you to? George MacDonald, who's a Scottish author, poet, and minister, he said this quote, and he said, um, instead of asking yourself whether you believe or not, ask yourself whether you have this day done one thing because he said, do it, or once abstained because he said, do not do it. It is simply absurd to say you believe or even want to believe in him if you do not do anything he tells you. And I want to just replace that word believe with love. Because it's the same thing when we believe we love, we love Jesus. Instead of asking yourself whether you love Jesus or not, ask yourself whether you have this day done one thing because he said do it, or once abstained because he said do not do it. It is simply absurd to say you love Jesus or even want to love Jesus if you do not do anything he tells you. Loving in action is tied together. It's size of the same coin. And our love is priority, but our love cannot be empty of action. Friends, Jesus died that the world may know him. And there's so much, in, so many people in this world, so many broken situations in life, and he is calling the church and asking us, do you love me? He is asking us to pay the cost of following him, to not just say love me from our seats, but love me out there in the streets, to love, do you love me? And he said to Peter, follow me. After he told him the cost that it would, it would take, he said, follow me. And today Jesus is saying to you, follow me. Who is he calling you to? There's so much need in this broken world. God is calling your skills to be out there, not just for yourselves. There's so many places you can utilize your gifts. There's so many just words of encouragement. Perhaps God is saying, reach out to a stranger and pray for them today. You know, whatever it may be, you know, I recognize that this love is not convenient. As part of a way to form my own life and keep, take me, you know, keep me from taking things for granted, I volunteer with an organization called Do For One, which is a very, like, small thing. Sometimes I want to make big impact. But what it calls me to do is just befriend one adult with disability. And so I have a good friend who's in the Upper West Side. It takes me two hours <laughs> to get to her now by train. Uh, but she and I have been paired together to be friends because she spends the majority of the week in her home watching TV. Because of her limited capacity, she can't have a job like she would like. Um, the workers that come to our home kind of just are usually on their phone and think that she has such low capacity that she can't be engaged, which is not true. But she's largely left alone for most of the week. And so when we make a commitment to hang out, 
I keep it because I know that for her, it's a big deal. Well, last Friday, it was rainy, it was cold, and I did not want to go. And I knew I had a long weekend ahead, but I was like, oh, but she's waiting. And so I was like, all right, here we go on the train. And it took so much longer. But when I saw her face, and we were having breakfast and chatting, it was so worth it, you know? But it was costly, a little bit of cost. It was inconvenient. But the world is waiting. And Jesus died so that the world would know him. And it's only going to be, he's gone back to heaven, and we are his face, we are his hands and feet. And it's only if we take that seriously, follow me, that the world will know that this God truly loves them. I just want to invite the worship team to come up and lead us into a time of reflection. Do Jesus asks you today, do you love me? Are you able to just say yes? Are you growing in humility? Are you following Jesus? Let's take some time to talk with Jesus and recognize, you know, wherever you are, Jesus wants to meet you where you are, not where you would like to be, but he really loves meeting you where you are. Just feel free to come before him, tell him the longings of your heart, that if you don't love him, that you would like to, if you would. If you're wondering how you could follow, you can ask him that. If you have gotten really comfortable, maybe this is a time to repent. What does following Jesus look like for you? Who is he calling you to? Where is he working that he's asking you to follow him into? Lord Jesus, we come before you. Thank you, God, for loving us. You have given us such a costly and precious love. You have made the way for each of us to be your sons and daughters, sons and daughters of the living King who have been given authority, Lord God, to go out in the world and preach the gospel with, and bring good news against the principalities, the darkness that is in this world. Lord, you stand with us and walk with us. And Lord, would you help us today and help us every day to remember this question, which is not just any question, but it's the question, do you love me? Would you help us to say yes to you again and again, both in our words and in our actions? Lord, we pray that you would strengthen your church, that you would awaken us and revive us and move us, God. Lord, wreck us in your love, that your love would inform our doing and that this doing will flow out into the streets bringing joy and light and freedom. Lord God, for all to hear, to know that everyone is seen by you, God. Everyone matters to you. Lord, would you move us today? Show us how we can follow you and help us, God, each day. We need your help, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
with us as we sing this reflection song. Let's sing, Blessed are the ones. Blessed are the ones who do not hurry. All the broken pieces of their hearts. Blessed are the tears of all the
it's not the end Cause hope is in the Lord Keep your eyes on Him First I want to just give a hand to Pastor Helen for that beautiful message. Look, I, I don't know about you, but that was, that was a mic drop. That was a challenge. That was a challenge. It is not easy for me to love people. I love people that love what I like. I love people that love the things that I want them to do. I love people that agree with what I have to say. But when it comes to loving people as they truly are in their differences, in their differences from me, in their sometimes challenging uh, response to me, I don't always love people. I think it's one of the most difficult things that we're called to do as believers is to honestly and truthfully love people as they are. Not who we want them to be, but as they truly are. And I really appreciate what she said about Jesus' question, right? Do you love me? It wasn't a question. It is the question. Do you love me? Because if the answer is yes, or if, in my case, the answer is simply, I want to love you, Lord, then I have to be willing to do the things that Pastor Helen shared, right? I have to be willing to be simple about it and say, be honest and say, yes, Lord, I love you as much as lies within me. And I have to be willing to be humble enough, have enough humility to see where I truly am, commit that to him so that he can take me, hopefully, to another place. So I want to ask the prayer team to come up to my right. Um, some of you just, in response to a message like that, you just want someone to pray for you and to pray that grace over you so that you can leave here with the hope of stepping up and pursuing the Lord in this new way and seeking to honor him in this new way of your love and demonstration towards others. And for all of us, I would say, what is one thing you can do today? Not tomorrow, today. What is one thing? What's one thing? Who's one person that perhaps over these past two years with all the ups and downs and the challenges perhaps you cut off because this person displayed an attitude or a thought process or a conviction that was different than yours and you said, I don't want to be in relationship with you. Who's the coworker, the family member, the neighbor? Who is it for you? How can you put this in action today with one thing? Think of one thing that you can do today. One thing. And hopefully each of us will have that thing that we can walk out of here with and actually put this message um, in practice. If you're online after service, we have our sermon discussion, so we want to invite you to join in with that. Um, there's a link in the chat where you are, and so you can discuss your thoughts around the sermon there with each other. Um, and also, we want to just say to you that if you don't know this Jesus that Pastor Helen is talking about, if this is new to you and you're wondering what is that relationship like, who is this Jesus she's talking about, you can text yes to Jesus at 718 424 0122 and one of our pastors will reach out to you within the next 48 hours and just talk to you a little bit about this Jesus. Um, 
It's an open discussion where you can ask questions, you can be heard. And so we ask that you would take that risk, take that leap, and reach out and contact one of us. I'm going to pray for us um, and uh, pronounce a blessing over each and every one of us. And as Andres said when we opened the service, this is a challenging world we live in. There is a lot of cursing and a lot of negativity that surrounds each and every one of us. And so we close every service with a blessing over you, knowing that that can carry you and go out through those doors knowing that even though we go into a hostile world at times, that God's love is with you, he goes with you, he goes before you, and he's present with you through whatever the day may have and whatever the week ahead may hold for you. So hold out your hands. Brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, Father, I pray that you would shine on each and every face here, that as each and every one of your children look towards you today and tomorrow and the days ahead, they will see the love and the joy of Christ beaming back. That even thinking about this challenging word, that we would know that we, we are loved by a God who makes all things possible. And regardless of where we make mistakes, regardless of where we miss it, the eyes of love continue to gaze back into our eyes and to say, you are the beloved. I love you. I am with you. And I will never leave or forsake you. I bless each and every one here in the strong, in the mighty, and in the glorious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. See you next week.